0: Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
1: Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Watson. Destabilize the, the conference like you like... United States messing with Ecuadorian <laughs> politics.
2: Pete Simmons. so he is not a factor to start in game one. That is completely unrealistic.
3: With his eyes, Pat Forty. You're trying to sell this game against Nebraska like it's a big deal. Nebraska sucks. So <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Here's Pat, Pete, and
1: Dan. A high uh-huh. plenty going on in the world. college football. Pat and I can't wait to get back, get down yep. to some important stuff. To be gone when
3: all hell has been breaking loose. I mean, we, we're busy enough that we can kind of work through it, but it, it, there is some definite FOMO to see college football just absolutely turning itself inside out while we are, you know, on a bus to our thirteenth venue of the Olympics.
1: Forget a bus. I was texting with like an assistant commissioner. Somewhere yesterday, literally, while Simone Biles is about to get back on the beam. Priorities. And by priorities, I mean, Simone, take a break. I got stuff to do over here.
2: Dan is so rattled right now. He didn't even say, welcome to the pod. Welcome to the pod.
1: That's I have rattled. I'm rattled. All sorts of stuff's going back at home. You want to know the big, my biggest concern coming back to the United States after three weeks? My lawn. Yeah. My lawn. Uh, my wife. I've been getting pictures of the, the guy's done a good job. His kid's done a good job, it looks like. But someone else mowing your lawn. I know a lot of people hire at job out. For, for me, it's just like, like no, that's my lawn. Like, I, like Someone else wearing your pants. Like, no. <laughs> I watch someone else mow my lawn every week. I enjoy it. Yeah. I had this conversation with Brett Favre once, randomly. Name drop. He was very upset when he was in Minnesota. Someone else got to mow his lawn. And he just wasn't going to be right. And I know exactly how he feels. I just, you know, it's not really a hot. I'm struggling. I'm struggling out there. Where's the bad boy mower bull going? let control let control go dan sometimes you you gotta let let
3: others do uh, do their I thing i have
1: i have i'm just uh, it's the 1st fir- like like what's the first thing you do when you get home like mow my lawn even though it
2: might not need mowing <laughs> i'd probably take a nap uh,
1: anyway. I, I, mine is going to be to
3: eat some grilled meat i can guarantee you that well that and, would be
2: good too and have a big That'd, salad wow. That'd be good i wouldn't wasn't expecting that i was expecting there like a big no share in Nevada not a not a not a like an arugula and spinach combo,
3: well, uh, yes, yeah, so, uh, Sierra Nevada would be very nice, uh, but give me like some grilled chicken wings or a steak, and then a real so this is the micro salad I'm holding up right now that we get for breakfast every day. Breakfast tends to be like cold piece of chicken, maybe sometimes a cold piece of pizza and a micro
1: salad. Salad doesn't seem to be a thing a lot of bread, a lot of Pie. bread, a lot of rice, a lot of there's some tremendous um. Like shrimp and things, and yeah, some good yeah. food here. No question.
2: I think when Pat returns, he has to find our faithful podcast listener who Brooke 40 had the misfortune <laughs> of sitting next to on her flight. Where was it, Pat?
3: Yeah, from Los Angeles to uh, to Chicago. Yeah, Brooke flew, flew Tokyo to LA. Uh, this was, I don't know whether it was yesterday, Tokyo, I've lost track of the days, and then. L.A. to Chicago, Chicago to Louisville. And she, she texted me that she is on a flight next to a huge fan of the podcast. So <laughs> yes. whoever that is out there, if you're a listener, email me, hit me <laughs> up on Twitter, something. Let's hear about
2: it. Four well, hours of well, hearing left out great the best are. detail. A huge fan of the podcast who knew an uncomfortable amount about your family. Yes. Poor, an poor alarming Brooke. amount. I think it was an she alarming has, amount. Yes. Sorry to alarming about. So poor Brooke. Wins a medal, the pinnacle of a long professional grind, and on her flight home, she has to sit next to a guy on a plane who knows about, like, Pat's beer preference, Dan's lawn, (laughs) my yoga, like, like, what a, like, ugh. (laughs) I was so demoralized for Brooke. Like, really, this is the one person you have to sit next to is someone who listens to our podcast? Like... (laughs) Once you get out of this little Olympic
1: bubble, that that old medal don't mean a whole lot. That's
3: right. <laughs> that People old metal, are more
2: concerned about chicken wars. Did she was probably getting
3: me- interrogated about realignment,
1: you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the uh, the Olympic athlete that doesn't want to do um, doesn't want to talk to the media now and then they'll, huh. they'll have like a PR person like, "We'll call you in like 2 weeks after the Olympics." Like, yeah, uh, good for, luck for what? For what? I'm sorry. Like if you're not Simone Biles or like Katie Ledecky, I'm just like, love you. Great job, people. Great job. But no one's reading about this. But let's start with the news. Then we're going to get to this absolutely just just classic Texas Senate hearing oh. that we just cannot. I just thank you, Texas Senators. Yeah. Thank you for holding. We always make fun of the grandstanding senators. Did anyone ask about transgender athletes at this thing and try to blame Bob <laughs> <Bowles> for that? <laughs> <laughs> grandstanding senators are the best, but they came through for us. So we're we're going to get through to that. But first, Max Olson, our friend at The Athletic, reporting that the Big 12 and the Pac-12 are having a meeting. Bob Bowlesby and George Kleivkoff, Uh I, I, I don't know what this meeting could be. <laughs> uh, they're talking, it's, could there be a merger? Could there be a scheduling alliance? Certainly Bowlesby's doing his job. People were saying I was very sympathetic to Bob Bowlesby, and I am, but you should have listened to the last 250 podcasts uh, <laughs> of my feelings on Bob Bowlesby. But anyway, in this one, um, what is the latest, Pete, your, uh, your state stateside on this meeting that I don't understand? I mean, you got to have the meeting, but I
2: don't see where this is going. In the grand scheme of everything, it's certainly a good scoop by the Athletics, so uh, hat tip to our friend Max, but this is just a mutually beneficial – uh, press release basically right Bob Bowlesby has a couple boards at some of these schools that you can imagine have a little bit of hair trigger tempers right so they thought Bob Bowlesby got caught flat footed so now Bob Bowlesby has to be on the aggressive a little bit so the ESPN letter shows Bob's on the aggressive flying out to the west coast to meet with George shows he's being aggressive George God bless him doesn't know what he doesn't know yet so of course he'll take a meeting with Bob Bowlesby right And then it looks like George is open to new ideas. Bob looks like he's doing the right thing for his eight by chatting up George about a potential scheduling alignment. Nothing is imminent, not even close to the ballpark of imminent. But I just think this and the fact that it got leaked, honestly, before it happened, just is a little bit of like, oh, look at Bob getting out there and getting after it. So I still pretty firmly believe that the Pac-12 doesn't have any interest in these big 12 schools, but I don't know if. George has come to that conclusion yet? Cuz he doesn't know. So, I don't see the benefit of this if you are look, you have to look at these decisions going forward not like what's best for the Pac-12. You have to say what's best for USC. Cuz who's really controlling this? USC. The big brands are controlling this. So, does USC want to be affiliated with Texas Tech and Baylor and Oklahoma State? No, of course not. They're in a the LA media market. They have little to no interest in they they can go into Texas just fine. Now, Cal or Washington State may have a little bit of a hard time getting into Texas. So the footprint isn't of much interest. The TV sets aren't of much interest. Nothing. This will only be a footnote, but I applaud both for uh, giving us some, uh, some chum for our pod today. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where Georgia's head is going forward, but I don't really think it's going to be anywhere near this.
1: And by getting into Texas, I mean in recruiting?
2: Cur- yes, correct. In recruiting and— I Or scheduling. Yeah, and maybe students, that, that kind of stuff. The Pac-12 thinks about that a little more than maybe the Big 12 would. Like just some of the the bigger university ideals of of it all. I mean, Stanford, like the, the way they the Pac-12 stuck up their nose at Boise uh, during the last round of reassignment was was pretty was a good tell into you know academically where you need to be. And Boise used to be a junior college. It's not a knock on Boise. It's grown up and it's a great school in a in a great growing market, by the way. But. They're not ranked in the neighborhood of Stanford, Cal, UCLA, etc. And it, in, in really USC, since the Pete Carroll era, has rocketed up those academic rankings too. Just ask Aunt Becky, right? So the uh, the, the the notion of this happening is is not particularly real. But they went out to the meeting, so that was nice. Yeah,
3: I'll, I'll say this while while Dan and I are both drinking out of our juice boxes here, like you know, eight year olds.
1: Uh, <laughs> <I, my, laughs> no, mine mine no, is no orange. What, what's yours? You got? I got grape. Great. Great. Okay. I also have these. This is how, this is what I want. A coffee. I have this. This uh-huh. is a Nescafe uh, powdered coffee. Oh, I, har, I Yeah. You get one, pour one in and then you heat up the hot water in your kettle. I have a kettle. Right.
3: Oh yeah. I got a kettle. And then,
1: Kettle's been good. And kettle is great. And then, but I go down there and I keep asking for like 20 of these things. and The, <laughs> the ladies at the front desk are horrified. Do they think you're <laughs> snorting them? I don't know what they're thinking. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, go ahead. Pete. So,
3: anyway, yeah, back to the topic at hand. Uh, no, I don't think you want to be in anything like any sort of a formal affiliation with those schools, but I could see teasing it out a scheduling alliance possibly being helpful for the Pac 12. You know, just because y- you've got to, first, you've got to play some other teams, right? You've got your nine game conference schedule. But if if you can play above the mean, you know, quote-unquote non-power, I mean, I guess there's still power five school. I mean, playing Iowa State and Baylor helps you theoretically from a strength of schedule standpoint. Uh, and certainly it would help Iowa State and Baylor to play teams from the Pac-12 if you can't schedule other people. So if you're looking for someone to schedule and say you're supremely pissed at the SEC and don't want to play them – you can continue to play Big Ten teams, which the which the Pac twelve does on fairly rare regular occasion. Washington's playing Michigan this year. Ohio State's playing Oregon. There's there's usually some games there. Stanford plays Northwestern, etc. But uh, working some of these schools in here and increasing your strength of schedule, which has been a concern for the Pac twelve because their own league just isn't that good. I think it might be you know prudent to look at. No, I I would not want to like join a conference if I'm one of the California schools with. Some of the flotsam and jetsam from the uh, the big 12, but scheduling with them, yeah, I might do it.
2: I co opted my terms now, Pat.
1: Yeah, yeah, what that? It's a good flotsam term and
2: jetsam. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I gotta tell you, I don't, I just don't understand the concept of the scheduling alliance at all. First off, USC, uh, and Oregon already go and just play whoever the hell they want. Everybody wants to play those guys, almost everyone wants to play Cal Cal is one of those great, uh great games because it you know it sounds good uh we're playing california right even if you go home and home you're probably gonna win i was trying to look at the middle pack of like who's getting games oregon oregon's actually no they're playing texas tech they're not middle oregon state has a purdue series and a texas tech series coming up not bad they also gonna have a fresno state game like 2025 uh let me look at Washington State. I, I just don't think like is it h- that hard for the Pac-12 teams to go schedule a game? Well, no, but but you, for
3: the same reason you're looking at why teams want to schedule the Pac-12 is you're getting a decent name that you can beat
1: theoretically. Oh, I get it if you're the Big Twelve, but I get you're it the, if you're the Pac-12. You know, I mean, yeah, but I, I guess I mean, let's see, Washington State's at Wisconsin. Like, if I, I would do this with the Big Ten before I do it with the Big Twelve, but even then, like, I don't think if I'm the Pac-12. Let's take, all right, 2022 Washington State football schedule. They play Idaho at home, they're at Wisconsin, and they play Colorado State at home.
3: Can't beat Wisconsin.
1: Well, they can't, So, but, like, they could schedule. Let's see what 2025 is. Well, they, they got Idaho and San Diego. I guess they're looking for a game in 2025, 2024. I mean, this is the bottom of your league. Yeah, they got nobody scheduled. Step it up, Wazoo. Yeah, they got the Wisconsin home. I just, I don't know. I don't. But that's like linking like. yourself in so you're playing Kansas State. Like, is it that hard to get that game? Do you got to have your? Now you're because you're you're basically trying to prop up the bottom of your league, and you're telling USC that you're going to get looped in somehow. Well, unless you come I, yes. up with a scheduling alliance that doesn't include the good the four good teams in the league. Yeah, that's I mean, it. I mean, like, right? No, it doesn't do a
3: lot of good for USC. And to Pete's point, USC matters more than everyone else, and okay. an Oregon and you know the best schools matter the most. Boy, if boy, have we learned that in the last few weeks. But <clears throat> I still think if you're USC, uh, yes, all right, so you still schedule Notre Dame. And if you want to schedule one other high profile game too, but then if you can, if you're in a rotation where you are getting one big 12 team a year that you could, you could beat and it's actually going to help your strength of schedule. Yeah, the They
1: never play one double A's. at, at all right, right. So 2023, yeah, they, they, canceled they got
2: that Davis game, right? Right. Yeah.
1: They never play one double A's at USC or UCLA. They have Nevada at Notre Dame BYU. That's 2023, 2022. Uh, our friends at fbschedules.com. If you ever, this site is phenomenal. Oh, FB that's schedules. a
2: great site. Yep. Great Spend site. A lot of time on
1: that. Rice, Fresno, Notre Dame. Kind of. This is not the Pete Carroll Trojans, I'll tell you that.
2: They got uh, Fresno, though, back in the day. Yeah, no, they yeah, did. They did. That's, that, that was where that, Reggie, Reggie be, Bush had the behind the back.
1: Uh, There's an Ole Miss schedule uh, series, USC Ole Miss. And Notre Dame, so like, all right, let's take this USC twenty twenty six schedule's done. Fresno at Miss, Notre Dame. That's your three non cons. You got, you know, like just to throw in a Baylor or something. Like, what's the, the difference? Between girls Ad-
2: go to the Grove. Well, they play nine, Dan, so they can't throw one in.
1: Right, those are just three. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But like, who are you replacing there?
2: I I just feel like if you're gonna play nine, there's no real room for alliance. I think the sort of merger concept thought is you merge the rights as much as anything else. And then you come bigger and you maybe have more muscle that way. Or can we get creative? And again, I don't have any sense. I haven't talked to like in detail to any TV executives about what some kind of merge conference could look like. I know we've talked about it a few times in the podcast. I don't have a holistic understanding of it, essentially because it's never happened. But could you have it where- Go to market together. Five schools. I'm just going to throw something out there from what we learned in COVID could five schools have a hole in the back end of their schedule in each league and they play, each, you know, the top two play each other for, for playoff positioning. I don't know. Like, like, could you, could you bracket buster, mix and match some of your schools every year? Is there something like that where you're going to get, you're going to guarantee three games. So you tell Washington state, oregon and arizona state to leave a hole at the back of their schedule and then you tell you know baylor iowa state and tcu and then the best ones match up or you match up the you put together the best matchups to maximize put the postseason i don't know like i feel like we're not that far from that in some way but uh, again that's not like a source told me that or anything I'm, i'm kind of making that up but like how would these work nobody's really given me a clear vision of that yet but but it's intriguing but i don't think it's forced is i think it's more like power in numbers because ultimately this whole premier league thing like it comes down to like owning all the rights dominating all the rights and then leveraging that into the biggest tv deal possible and so i guess it would be what uh 20 is better than 12 right or 20 is better than eight
3: yeah like i mean yes to dan's point if you're if you're going to go to market as a combined entity that might be the best play i mean that that you know that that might be the best reason to enter into any sort of agreement between these two conferences. Uh, you know, I still, I just, I think they've got to be looking out for each other to a degree because we know that the two biggest dogs aren't, uh, you know, the Big Ten and the and the SEC. So. And I think the ACC probably feels like if need be, they can get by as is uh, the Pac-12 and Big 12. I'd be I, I would certainly I, if I'm George Kliakov, I, I happily take the meeting. And if I'm Bob Bowlesby, even if it's just, hey, look
1: at me, I'm busy out here trying to save us. I certainly take the meeting. I want to know where the meeting is. This is going to tell <laughs> us a lot about Kliakov because he's going to have is it just going to be like in the conference room with some coffees in Danish or we go in Larry Scott, like renting out. <laughs> A wine, like a, a vineyard in Sonoma, <laughs> vineyard. or like a yacht parked <laughs> yeah. off of San Francisco Bay. Yeah, you know, and he's just sitting there, like big money, like that that <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street yacht, where that he makes the FBI
2: guys. You want the lobsters? Take them home.
1: A, that's a, what, a
2: Vegas guy. Yeah, so, yeah don't, Vegas. Don't, oh. don't don't think it just could be. A, hey, Bob, you look like you need a drink. It's like yeah. Dana, it's I saw like Dana you in that Dana White Senate hearing him. yesterday, Bob. Like belly up, let's get some Tito's <laughs> the, and soda. Are you saying
0: it's a the spearmint rhino in, in Las Vegas. that's No, is that no, you're no right I'm not there. saying that, Sully. <laughs> I'm not
2: saying that. It's gonna <laughs> get a saying... trash at the spearmint
1: rhino. Dana White's gonna take him to the back alley, and all <laughs> of a sudden, like the whole league is just gonna be they just t- take it over. Those, <laughs> we got we own it now. We own. We made you an offer you can't refuse. The idea of Bob Bowlesby at the Spearmint Rhino is is a <laughs> precious
3: one. <laughs> All
1: right, well, let's get to some uh, some real debauchery. Sully, play me a clip from this. Uh, the, the Texas Senate called in uh, called a meeting. They had a meeting. This is what the senators do. They get together. They have meetings. Uh, they called in the president of the University of Texas
2: and Bob Bowlesby. And who? Anyone else there to testify? Oh, a lot of people. Uh, a lot of people. Of, it was basically allowing Baylor, TCU, and Tech to air their grievances and allow well, their local uh, Texas congressional representatives to grandstand ridiculously and hilariously. In fact, if the three of us had tried to conjure a political satire, I don't think we could have come up with a better <laughs> thing than unfolded in Texas yesterday.
1: Could not have been more excited. Again, another <laughs> thing, I was I was trying to watch clips of this while supposedly covering the Olympics. <laughs> This is way better, Sully. Play me a clip. But what's your athletic budget?
2: It's over 200 million. It's probably 220, 225 in that range.
4: Where does that put you in the U.S.?
1: Uh, depending on the, how you count, probably first.
4: And that's without a winning football team of late.
1: It's in, in <laughs> spite of our, of spite of our football team. We, we've been winning,
2: just not like we like to win.
4: Three and seven against the Horn Frogs. Um, so, um, maybe your fan base would rather lose to Alabama than TCU. So
3: (laughs) just nominal. I mean, (laughs) I I give that (laughs) Senator great credit for her delivery. I mean, that's, you want to just stab it in there, you know, in, in slow, understated tones, measured, but oh, the acid, incredible.
1: They're actually the dead two and seven. Pan. Yeah, two and seven <laughs> against TCU. They I yeah, she was for wrong win. too. That's the best <laughs> part. Fabulous delivery, fabulous job. Uh, this woman's got a future in politics. Um, <laughs> absolutely phenomenal. I, everything about the clip. So where where that rank you? I mean, yeah you know he's you know he's dying to be like God, goddamn number one. with are Texas. What do you think? <laughs> He's like, I don't know. Depends how you look at it. Probably number one. Uh, yeah. 200, 225, 25 million is floating around. We, I don't even know. We're Texas. We're lost in the seat cushions. <laughs> Baylor and those those places, 25 million, man. Not to us, though. So he's being totally, he's totally being an ass. And then she just stabs him. That's great. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes, lose to uh, Alabama this, than TCU. They would rather lose to Alabama than TCU. That's the problem. Oh, that is tired 100% losing to TCU. Hundred yeah. percent
3: the problem. Yes, absolutely. Yes, we're we are so mortified that we can't beat all the little brothers that we have looked down our nose at for decades. That by God, we're out of here.
2: Even with name, image, and likeness coming, yeah. you got twenty five million just apparently floating around. We don't even know. I think they should send her to do Gary Patterson's like Monday press briefing every every week <laughs> or at least like once like like before the Stephen F Austin game or whatever just send her there it's going to be way more memorable than anything Gary says any cliche he spits out so if they make
1: if they make a Big 10 network she needs to be she has needs to have her own host she's like the future Paul Feinbaum of the plains <laughs> <laughs> All
4: right play me another one Sully I think we do have a vested interest in monitoring activities that impact us statewide and arguably you can't deny the fact that football and changes thereof unfortunately whether I agree or not that we probably put way too much emphasis on it but the fact that we do that's the rules of the day impacts us and I think that um, I said it earlier there's going to be some proposals in legislation that I'm sure you guys are not going to find overwhelming but you can't be the flagship you can't carry the Texas name and, and, and you know, if you're as big and great as you think you are, you should have made the Big 12 equal or better than the SEC, and you didn't do it. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I kind of feel sorry for the SEC. <laughs> Cousin Eddie's coming home, and he don't leave till he's wrecked the, wrecked the whole house. And I don't quite <laughs> think they understand where they think you're coming in at. I know where they <laughs> think they're at. So that's a different topic. They made their bed to lie in it. But I really think as a state, I'm very disappointed about how this has transpired. I'm mean, as a legislature and a policy deal goes. I'm really disappointed that this wasn't even a conversation. And I understand proprietary stuff, but don't you think we might have should have known?
1: Listening to politicians talk about how they there should be better people getting along.
4: <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. Enough yeah. with them.
3: <laughs>
1: cousin, cousin eddie, eddie.
3: Yeah. what a drop there that is
2: phenomenal <laughs> you know other people wrote these for the these deadpan senators by the way
1: i'm sure Oh, absolutely cousin eddie is from kansas by the way and <laughs> and uh, griswolds are from chicago yeah. suburbs of chicago so um but so he basically that the the ultimate insult of someone from texas is saying you're from kansas i believe it's not even not even Oklahoma.
0: We eat, you have uh, 250 million a year, and you're eating hamburger helper by itself. <laughs> <clears throat> uh,
1: I don't know why they call it hamburger helper. Tastes so good all on its own, right? It's just fine. All, on its own. <laughs> uh, all right, we got this one. We don't have audio, but uh, Baylor AD Mac Roads, oh. Dusty Roads from the top rope. <clears throat> <laughs> Many of my colleagues around the country believe that the University of Texas created this situation because they think so highly of themselves. My humble opinion, of course not humble at all, I completely disagree. I think it's because they felt too little of themselves. <laughs> Mac Rhodes, red meat to the Woo! Waco fans. More popular you know than the... Joanna, and Chip Gaines right now.
3: <laughs> I saw that quote, and the first thing that flashed through my mind, I don't know whether Texas is at Baylor this year or Baylor's at Texas, but I want to see him and Chris Del Conte meeting in the uh, football press box when that game happens because that's going to be chilly, and that's going to be the way this – I mean, the, the interactions between these folks, at the administrative and at the coaching level, and certainly at the fan level – is going to be icy, contentious, awkward as hell for as long as this thing goes on. And, you know, everybody's saying, oh, they got to stay till 2025, and we'll see. I I firmly believe that will not happen. But the longer it goes on, the more we're just going to have stuff like this. And then all of the attendant, I can't wait the first time Oklahoma or Texas gets a questionable penalty. Oh, the Big 12's out to screw us
1: because we're leaving.
2: Yeah, it's going to be.
1: horns down.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. There's some interesting thought in four more years of petty, right? Because this is already pretty petty. I mean, this is huh. like, this is high level. Let's dedicate a whole podcast to it. Petty, right? If we get four more years of this, uh, Stuart Mandel had a great tweet yesterday, our friend from The Athletic. He just tweeted four more years, four more years (laughs) from one of the clips because it was just like, all right, (laughs) here we go. Here we go. Let's go. Think about this when you want to dive into the petty. Chris Delcone, Texas Athletic Director, um, is, I believe, the godfather of one of Jeremiah Donati, the TCU Athletic Director's children. Mm. Kirby Hocutt, Athletic Director at Texas Tech, his mentor, longtime friend, is none other than Joe Castiglione, the athletic director at Oklahoma. Like these are the this move is literally like ripping apart essentially like families, people who are really close, have spent years working together. Del Conte built TCU. TCU. Yeah. Well, Gary Patterson built him, but Del Conte sold TCU up to this moment, right? Yeah. They were in the Mountain West. Yep. Remember, we put him in the Big East for 20 minutes? Yeah. Um, yeah. before before moving him over. And now Del Conte is just literally kicking them back in the curve. So there's some fascinating dynamics and there will be a lot of acid, which quite frankly will be really good for the podcast
1: all for it. this is what yes. we need there usually these guys are too nice to each other because right I, and credit to Mac Rhodes for for, for jumping <laughs> on the fighting for his school yeah. because too often a guy like Mac Rhodes sits there and says, well Baylor's a sinking ship and I want to get to the SEC right and so, Del Conte, I don't need Del Conte and these guys, uh, you know, or anybody blocking me if all of a sudden I get the job at, uh, you know, wherever, Kentucky. And and I, I want to, because this, so instead of this just being, there's no congeniality here. It's just like, this is what it should be. And it's like, yeah, speak, I mean, look, this is just, it's, I, I got to stand up for my guys. This is just, it's, it's, it's just a one line. It's an insult. It's petty. There ain't, you know, everything's bigger in Texas, including the petty, but good for him because at least you sit there and go all right this guy actually is fighting for me opposed to i'm fighting for my career which is the one of the biggest problems in college sports we talk about no one is in control they're all bought off (laughs) they're all bought off because they never stay and they bought off by a search committee and they're bought off by this and they're bought and so you're lower you sit there and go how how did a lower level conference commissioner agree to this well, because they don't want to be a lower-level conference commissioner <laughs> right. anymore, they want to be a high-level conference right. commissioner. Right when when the people you're voting with control your future, uh, you know that's how you that's how it goes bad. So credit to Rhodes, he went all in for for Baylor, and uh, I don't think you're going to see him work in the South. A real quick question I think for, here the for the you next guys.
2: For, for that uh, for that Baylor Texas game that you mentioned, and the Baylor Oklahoma game this year. You should actually wear Bryce Petty's jersey, the great former (laughs) Baylor quarterback, with Petty on the back.
4: There it is. Name him to like this. Name him to like this possibility. I like Petty.
2: Yes. Quick question. If he had had worn that in the Texas Senate and then done the double thumbs on the back.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Did anyone do horns down in there? Anybody? (laughs) Probably not. No politician's going to risk that. They're not going to risk that. Quick question. When Joe Castiglione
3: went, like, cartoonishly outraged about the 11 a.m. kickoff against Nebraska, don't you think that was to try to, like, lay some of the groundwork for this? Like, look how look how bad things are getting with this conference. We've, we're playing this great game, and it's at 11 a.m. I mean, Joe Castiglione, you guys know him. He tends to be one of the most diplomatic people around. And for him to all of a sudden go, like, Nuclear mad about a kickoff time told me that like, OK, I, I didn't understand it at the time. Now I think I understand it better because it's trying to gin up this this narrative of like, well, we're just not being treated well in this conference. So we've got to look out for our best
1: interests. It's a ridiculous thing, too. It's like what the 11th. I mean, you get the the big noon kickoff proved to be a ratings bonanza last night. And, and I'm sorry, but you live in the central time zone. You're going to get a national game. What, some of your boosters are, don't want to get up that early because they're drinking the night before? Like, what's and, the problem? Like, you're trying to sell this
3: game
2: against Nebraska like it's a big deal. Nebraska sucks. So, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> play play. Pat's approval rating in Nebraska just got lower somehow, which is really hard to do.
1: <laughs> blame blame Nebraska for this thing. If Nebraska was any good, it would have been at seven o'clock at night, but it isn't,
3: right? I think that was trumped up as a way to start laying the groundwork that we need to we need to be in a league where we're treated better. Um,
1: maybe he likes a leisurely brunch; he doesn't want to get rushed into his day. I don't know.
2: Maybe Pat's having a leisurely brunch while we talk. I'm actually I sick know. of watching Pat eat rolls. I can't imagine Pat, I <laughs> how many Pat rolls is you get rolls in that for breakfast.
1: Breakfast box this morning. <laughs> get two Pat. rolls for
3: every breakfast. Two oh, of them, be... <laughs> not one but two. <laughs> no butter.
1: You have little butter, pats A very small amount of butter. Not enough butter Perfect. to go around. Here in Japan, <laughs> we're limited on the restaurants. We're not allowed to go to them. Right. Can, so they give us a breakfast thing a box of breakfast every morning at our yeah. hotels which is uh, it's a, you never know. You no you never, never know. know. All sorts of things will show up in there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um anyway,
3: what are this mystery substance is here that is not being eaten. I'm not It looks not like a, an,
1: it looks like an is That an
3: empanada? <laughs> oh, no. It's definitely not is an that? empanada. It is probably an egg of some kind. <laughs> Cold. Well, open like it up. Twinkie. Let's see what you got. Open it up. I, I'm Kid. not eating that thing. Open it up. I already did. That's <laughs> where the, the chicken, the cold chicken strips were in there with it. I ate the chicken. I left whatever that is. He's <laughs> doing it like for the pod, man. Small
1: paperweight. No, I'm not doing All that right. for the pod. Small paperweight. All right. More news, and I guess ESPN sent this clip out. Uh, we have the Big 12 ESPN feud. Bob Bowlesby, of course, did the cease and desist. You're trying to destabilize the, the conference like you like the United States me- messing with Ecuadorian politics. <laughs> destabilize. Bullsby, they, the ESPN yanked the chain on that one. And uh, like, listen, it's like, don't fight with your banker. He can call that loan in anytime he wants, man. <laughs>
2: yeah, uh, Bowlesby co- notably took no shots at ESPN in the series. No, by the
1: none. Way. Bowlesby said uh, he we have agreed to not escalate this publicly. Oh, publicly. It's in neither party's interest to do so. Remember, we said ESPN does not like getting blamed oh. for, oh, for oh, these they do things. Not. We have a clip. ESPN itself sent out, ESPN PR sent this out to try to make I mean, their they might case. as well have
2: hired Rusty Harden to the way they're acting. This is <laughs> anybody affiliated with ESPN participate in any of those conversations? That one I can tell you categorically absolutely no. Okay, and then laying aside those conversations we described about this path you were on, separate from that, how about communications between anyone at UT and anyone at ESPN on this topic, even close to this topic? Uh, To my knowledge and direction, absolutely zero conversations between us or any of our representatives in ESPN or any network.
0: That other sound was Bob Bowlesby's eye roll in the background. That he oh yeah, this
1: is like the Benghazi hearings. Not to my knowledge.
0: <laughs> not sure. Um,
1: like, <laughs> oh boy. All right. So ESPN is 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 trying to say they're in the clear here.
3: Yeah, um, they want, They
1: he, they do not.
3: They are not taking any responsibility for funding the Sandinistas, destabilizing
1: the government, organizing regime change. <laughs> No. They ought to know that in this era of social media, that that they have no chance no. right now. Like Red Raider fan sixty three has uncovered a supposed <laughs> yeah. text message between two cousins, and one of them works <laughs> a cameraman uh, in remote broadcasts, and uh, he says that he heard. Uh, so that's your no no shot. They're always going to blame ESPN. Good luck. Good yeah. luck though. Good luck.
2: They've been uh, so anxious to dispel this notion yeah. that they've that they've brought more attention to it, which is hilarious. You would think they'd understand the basic tenet of publicity working at ESPN, but instead they're like, "No, no, no." I mean, they, w- should they hire Baez too, Dan, your guy from uh, from Hernandez? I mean, it's just like it's just like we we get it. You denied it. And, and most people would go quietly into the night. They're going kicking and screaming. It's it's been an interesting interesting strategy. They'd uh, win
1: if they got Jose Baez.
2: Yeah, (laughs) that would be that would be
1: much. Uh, And then finally, we have TCU Chancellor Boshini going straight political. Mm. We're going to try to make the Big 12 great again. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Purple red hats for the purple.
3: You know, in the state of Texas at Texas Christian University,
1: that probably played really well. Um, All right. So that's this week in how the Big 12 turns. Can't wait for next week. <laughs> Keep, it coming. Keep it up. Yeah. We're going to get to Quinn uh, Ewers, but let's get to this. Uh, the, 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 the SEC is a buzz about how the hell they're going to handle 16 teams, same as the National Football Conference, <laughs> 16 teams. <laughs> it's not really a conference when you have this many teams. So, what are you going to do? So, scheduling wise, one option is four pods of four teams. Everybody plays each other. Uh, that leaves, uh, presumably, they'll go nine games. I mean, I don't know how you,
2: why would you stick at eight? They ain't sticking at eight. Yeah, They can't. Yeah, it's two, they go to 10. They should go to 10. Yes, yes. And they may go to 10. One smart person told me that they'll aim for 10, and if they miss, they end at nine. There's zero chance of eight. They want to see each other more. They believe they are college football now. And they have the right publicity mechanism. Who's going to remind us of that over and over and over and over. But the funny thing, and this again goes
3: to the, you know, the the wildly shifting uh, stances you get from people. I mean, for how many years did we listen to Greg Sankey or even before him, Mike Slive say, we don't need to play nine. We play eight in the toughest conference in America. Well,
2: They're going to shift from that now, and it's going to be a totally different line. Well, Well, remember, Nick Saban wants to play more games, right? He does. And Scott Strickland, the Florida Athletic Director, has led the charge of only Power 5. Right. Because they in Georgia have the unique home schedule dilemma that there are years where they have terrible home schedules. If you have Flotsam and Jetsam rolling in in September and your home road splits go weird, you can have a bad, like Georgia has a bad home schedule this year. We've talked about that yeah. before. Yeah, so there's, there's a thought that we're moving this way. And essentially, it's not a like what's best for our football team. It's like what's best for our consumers. And there's people in the Big 12 that will tell you or people at Texas and Oklahoma will tell you, they made this move because they want to have Florida, Georgia, Alabama rolling in in the league schedule instead of Iowa State, K-State, and uh, Kansas coming in in their league schedule. Like, that's just better for business. It's better for season ticket holders. It's better, you know, in a 30-year plan for buzz and publicity and such. So I'm not promising they'll up at 10, but I think they're going to take a long look at it. And I, you can't overstate the reverberations for the rest of the sport if the SEC is only playing two out-of-conference games. It changes everything because then other leagues are going to be forced to go to the same model, and there's going to be very little inter play. Or is that intra? I always get those mixed up. Anyway, inter, inter. So if there's very little inter-conference play, it just, it's going to create more, you know, the the three loss SEC team versus the undefeated. I mean, it's just going to be, a, it's going to be a beautiful mess. But yeah, tennis, but again, tennis I mean, is real. I mean, like, it,
1: when,
3: when everybody ahead. was bashing the SEC for only playing eight games, Greg Sankey's heels were dug in up to his knees on, we're playing eight games because we're the best. And now all of a sudden that's going to just disappear because that's the way this stuff happens. Same as Bill Hancock. We don't need
1: a playoff. We don't need a playoff. Hey, guys, we got a playoff. Enhance the regular season. Well, two things on this. One, 10 games, Florida, Georgia, and South Carolina have built in, and Kentucky, to a, actually, Louisville. I mean, to a slightly lesser degree. I guess Louisville certainly as good as Georgia Tech. Kentucky plays Louisville. Georgia plays Georgia Tech. Florida plays Florida State. South Carolina plays Clemson. Some of those games are literally legislatively I think it's like the law in Kentucky. Don't they have to play? Well, that, that they that made basketball? that. They made that law in
3: basketball. Uh, <laughs> I don't know whether the law is still on the books, and I don't know whether it's never was ever changed. Folded in. Let's never just take <laughs> a
1: step back. If you think <laughs> Texas legislature is nuts, there is a law in the state of Kentucky, and there aren't a whole lot of laws in Kentucky, best I can tell. <laughs> the podcast will the prove place. that with some of the stuff we talk about. I will. I I love that place, and uh, one of them is their lack of laws. Um, there is an actual law that Louisville and Kentucky have to play basketball every year—an
2: actual law. Okay,
1: that's how Marshall, crazy. Marshall West this is.
2: Virginia didn't that get litigious too? Didn't were Didn't the governor force Marshall and West Virginia to play? They don't
1: play every though. year, though.
2: Do they? they no, they didn't for a while. West Virginia, right? No, play. they
3: didn't play for a long time. They still don't. They they go off and on, which makes me think there's not a law, but there was okay. definitely
2: West Virginia is breaking. Yeah. Like <laughs>
3: There was legislative <laughs> pressure for those two to yes, play. for Yes, there was sure.
2: legislative interference of some kind. So. You want to you want to get people
3: pissed off? Go on Twitter and say that there's uh, t- say something about the Marshall West Virginia rivalry, and then listen to the West Virginia <laughs> fans.
2: where well, there's no rivalry. They're not our <laughs> rival. Randy Moss is the we one. We have Randy those Moss- age old yeah. rivals in in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Those are our rivals. <laughs> That's right. There's nothing better Love than when people in West
1: Virginia are looking down on each other. <laughs> Well, that school, come on! <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh boy. All right. There's always something. Anyway, where was I? Anyway, so if you're those schools, you're down to one non-con game because you have a you have a hard game. So you're down to basically those schools are completely out of playing uh, non-conference games for the most part. Pretty much. I,
2: yeah.
1: I don't. I, I. This is a, just a problem. I mean, I, I. Yeah, you should probably play ten games, but man, like. If you ask Georgia fans what, what's one of their best moments of the last decade, it was the home and home with Notre Dame. Yeah, one of the, no the best Georgia moments fans, of the last 40 years. Well, whatever. Yeah, 40. Okay. <laughs> also true. They loved going to Notre Dame. They loved having Notre Dame come. And you're Georgia. And, you know, I don't know. What do we, we, there's a whole bunch of them. LSU's going out to UCLA. I mean, you want to take your show on the road a little bit and you want to give your fans that and and you get the spice of uh, you know just a little Georgia's playing Clemson like so that'd be gone can't play Clemson because you're you're in a league where you have to play Missouri more often I assure you the Georgia fans are extremely excited about playing Clemson
2: sure I mean that game is going to be awesome it's going to be
1: awesome and what you call it whatever conference you want but there's a whole bunch of Clemson fans in Georgia so uh, this is the game you want you lose that That sucks. It sucks for the sport, and it sucks at an individual level. And that's why I keep saying everyone's like, hey, this is great for the SEC. We're taking over the world. You're losing something, man. Sure. You're making more money that you aren't getting. And as a fan, you're going to lose something. And what you're going to lose is we don't get to ever play Clemson again. We don't ever get to go to Notre Dame. We don't ever just sit there and say, hey, let's schedule USC. Hey, let's, let's do whatever we're going to do. Let's get one going with Ohio State we're not going to be able to bring fans from the other parts of the country in to see our stadiums which they have so much pride in all of that gone sucks that yeah. sucks
3: that that that's a really good point that's been i think completely overlooked in this but that yes if you go if you go to 10 because you know all right so you're going to keep georgia tech that that extra game is a going to be a home game every year and b it's going to be you know troy
2: or so to go in the weeds cuz that's my job here if they do go ten, and maybe even if they go nine in the SEC, look for a big push from the SEC have-nots to wipe away the six-game bowl minimum, which is really just kind of like a made-up thing anyway, because they're going to be beating each other up in the SEC, and if they're beating each other up, they're five, our five and seven teams better than your eight and four team. So, <laughs> and look like <laughs> who would object to this? Well, the bowls. Who owns the bowls? ESPN. <laughs> so you think ESPN is going to object to taking five and seven Kentucky over eight and four Western Kentucky? Ain't no chance. Now, so that decision goes to the competition committee and the football oversight committee. Those are two different, different committees would determine something like this, but don't be surprised if there's a little bit of pressure from, from their media friends to, to wipe that out. I guess you can be five and seven now if you have the right APR. Um, but I would just think as we go on that again. Who cares, right? Uh, bowl, bull standards, bowl minimums um, for the Meineke Bowl. For the glory of the Meineke Bowl, you must be six and six, right? But I, uh, I just do feel like as SEC world domination, ESPN world domination continues. That's something else that could slide. By the way,
1: I'm looking at this Georgia schedule. God, good, good on you, Georgia, with these future schedules. Oh yeah, they're getting after thing? it. They're getting after it. Yeah, yeah. They got Oklahoma. They had Oklahoma coming up. They actually have an at twenty eight. They have an at Texas. Um, they have Oregon in Atlanta. They have Clemson in Atlanta. They have a home and home with with UCLA. They have a home and home with Louisville. Like one year they're playing UCLA and Lu, at Louisville. They have a home and home with Florida State. Uh, they have a home and home coming with Texas, which you know I guess will just be folded in. I mean that's that to me is what you want out of uh, you know like look at this non I mean it's 2029 20, who knows but their three non conference games are Texas at Clemson Georgia Tech at Georgia yeah. Tech like that's phenomenal it's phenomenal and and that's gone now I guess you may you'll play Texas less now than you would have if you just <laughs> scheduled them yeah but it's the at UCLA trip the 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 Florida State game I mean that's a tremendous game yeah like people in South georgia that is you I oh, mean, yeah. you're going crazy for that thing and and it's gone and that it's just not good for college football it's not good for georgia uh if you want to play oklahoma and texas guess what you do you schedule, schedule. them like you yeah. did right and you don't have to give up the other stuff so 10 is going to be dicey i That's i think it'll
2: probably
1: why you go to nine
2: so he's uh, like we don't need 10 We've we wants- got five years of rebuilding. We don't need Ted Tennessee. Sully doesn't Sully's- want the pods. He no, doesn't like the pods. I
0: hate the pods. I want three teams. Why, Sully? I want three teams, three permanent teams. I want to play more people. So okay. You got three permanent teams and then six rotating that you could reseed and you could put in a rule like you can't play X, Y, Z so many straight years so like Alabama doesn't get matched up with Vanderbilt you know, every year or whatever. And you just reseed it and have this rescheduling. TV extravaganza like they had last year in 2020 it was such a big event. It gives you another event you could do it around SEC Media Days and you release the schedule. It'd be awesome.
3: I have nothing against that except my one thing. The I, you know, I I have always had at least a mild affinity for divisions because I think people get excited about whether they can win a division. Right. And so if you take that away, I mean, I guess. Can you win a pod or does it even matter whether you win a pod or is it just kind of what your record is? And you at the end, they just are going to take the two highest-ranked teams title, in the conference.
0: Right? Yeah. Nobody really cares. Right.
3: But, like, when when Missouri won the SEC East, it was a big damn deal for Missouri. And, uh, you know, in, when, in years when, like, South Carolina won in 2010, that was a big deal for South Carolina. I, I, I would bet, without knowing for sure, that you could go to South Carolina's facilities and find multiple mentions of SEC East champion there. And you're going to take that away. And, you know, for some schools, that's
1: one less thing to shoot for. All right, let's get to this uh, somewhat briefly, and we'll talk about it more. We talked about it on a past podcast if you're looking for more discussion. But Quinn Ewers, the uh, essentially the number one recruit in the class of 2022, has reclassified is skip is leaving early. They're saying skip is senior year, but whatever. He's not playing an extra year of high school football. Uh, we see this in basketball. He is headed to Ohio State. I don't know whether he really has seven figures worth of endorsement deals waiting for him or not, but that's what they're claiming maybe. And he is going to join the Buckeyes. Now, a couple things. We talked about before. Do you see this as a possible trend and a trend in recruiting the way it works in basketball where all of a sudden guys just sit there and say, I'm committed, and then all of a sudden I'm in on this class. And then what does this mean for the Buckeyes this year? How good is this kid, and can he just show up uh, without that that uh, gray shirt? Is the, no, it's not the gray shirt. What do they call it when they go early? Early and yeah. early, I guess. Early and blue early, and get a sp- blue get shirt. A I think they call yeah. it a blue shirt. No, you get
2: a blue shirt's a different thing. Uh yeah,
3: got it, a just, It's
2: gotta have a name. It's gotta have a name.
3: it doesn't have to have a name. It just he's in for spring, and you get a spring practice. It's an early and early, early and early.
2: Yeah, that's. Pete, what are your people. thoughts on thoughts on I'll, this? Those two. I'll questions. take the the timeline and the the, the player part of this first because I know Ohio State fans are very concerned with Quinn Ewers and whether he will be a factor in the Buckeye quarterback race. He has a core English class to finish uh, online, and he also <laughs> has what is <laughs> mice and men? Is he got his paperwork? <laughs> Pete, give us how far
1: is he? <laughs> On his term paper, this is some really <laughs> good reporting. Sources. And, he just finished chapter eight.
2: There's another. <laughs> yeah, I went down the yours rabbit hole pretty deep uh, the last couple of days here. So there, there's another minor academic thing that has to be uh, that has to be taken care of. I would imagine he gets to Columbus sometime in the next two weeks, maybe. So he is not a factor to start in game one. That is completely unrealistic. He doesn't know a single formation. Allegedly, the offense at South Lake Carroll, which I've yet to study, is similar to what they run at Ohio State, but it's not that similar. Um, He doesn't even know his teammates' names. So I think from yours' perspective, he goes a year early, gets to develop under Ryan Day, gets to learn the offense, all those things go. If there's a confluence of things that happen, including him being a super quick study think he's got to impress mickey marati in the weight room i think that's a big part of any kind of ohio state player earning valuable playing time is sort of passing that litmus test marati's obviously the longtime strength coach for urban meyer at florida and, and beyond he's considered one of the best guys at that at that job in the country and so you know could he get on the field at some point in october sure um but i I think Ohio State's good enough this year, especially with the receivers that they have and the O line that they have, and they have a pretty good stable of backs. Where you know Dan could play quarterback for them, and they're they're probably going to be uh, they're probably going to be okay. Uh, but you know he will not be a factor. Opener uh, will not be a factor. or, you know, going in there, and then uh, uh, eventually he could factor in. But it, it's it's a ways from the uh, it's a ways from the thought process uh, right now for uh, for where things are. But it's certainly interesting. People have been skeptical of the seven figures, like like Pat said, just from talking to people, talking to his family and people around him. I certainly don't have receipts, but there's there's optimism that it gets close to that. Um, and we reported nearly seven figures, including equity in a company, which is like an entirely different deal than just like cutting a $500,000 deal. Like if you get equity in a company, that's obviously going to grow. So that makes it a little bit nebulous. But the holy kombucha factor here, Pat, I know you're a big kombucha fan, should uh should should not be under uh under underestimated. Uh th- there's been national like national commercial interests, which is real and then a ton of memorabilia. He's a little bit of a perfect marketing storm with the mullet in Texas and colliding with Ohio State. I mean those are two of the bigger football brands you can have. So he'll he will be an interesting He'll make a million dollars. I don't doubt oh, yeah. that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I uh, yes, I'm not certainly. gonna I'm not
1: I'm not worried about the Ewers family.
2: Yeah. yeah. No, they're gonna be uh be okay. no, they're gonna be he'll all, be all okay. right. They're gonna be all right.
1: There was a lot of blowback during the Olympics on Simone Biles, and one of the notes or texts, something I got was like, you know, after she failed to, you know, compete in all the things that someone was was worried about her future. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, right. <laughs> her future's I think, okay. I think, I think Simone's I, gonna be okay there, yeah, fella, you you be all right.
3: I'll reiterate so, yeah. my 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 point from the other day. I'm not worried about Quinn Ewers' future. I'm worried about his present. I mean, I hope I hope this is his idea and he's on board with it, because, I again, I'm just not I don't love the idea of plucking somebody out of their senior year of high school and saying, never mind, go be go get money. Um, and again, if he wants to do it right on, uh, if you know, but I did senior year of high school is a pretty awesome year in your life. And, uh, I you know, you hate to see somebody that's just gonna not going to have that. But again, if he doesn't want it, no big deal.
1: Yeah, he is like dude.
2: of age to be a freshman in college. So, yeah, right. physical I, right. development, all that stuff. But I, I, right. I get it. Look, but I have these are his classmates school,
3: and his peers yeah. that he's been with for however many for years, years, depending when they redshirted him. "Quote unquote," redshirted. Like,
1: he's like McConaughey and and uh, dazed and confused. I mean, the guy's kind of <laughs> old for high school. Uh, no, I don't know. I, I'm with you. I wouldn't do it, but um, I respect anyone's. You want to go make a living, go make a living. Um, and uh, it's not like he's – hes I mean, you know, we got guys enrolling in the – not that you're suggesting this, but, you know, you can enroll in the Marines. You can go to Ohio State football. Uh, he'll be all right. He'll be all
3: right. right. No, it, yes, he's not taking um, on a bad gig by any stretch. A
1: huge deal. My biggest thing is just the, the – do you get thrown – quarterbacks get ruined. Yeah. I mean, right. we've seen a million. That's that. It's just a dicey thing. It's not just like this – Right. Uh, it's, it's just a – a million things can go wrong, one thing can go right when it comes to development of a quarterback. Yeah. And uh, we've seen that forever. All right. Yeah, uh, there's
2: four four-star or five-star underclassmen quarterbacks in the Ohio State quarterback room. Right now. Yeah. Jack Miller, C.J. Stroud, Kyle McCord, Quinn Ewers. So the safe prediction is they're all not probably going to be there to get their degrees. Um, <laughs> now, the, the sell, of course, at Ohio State is come develop. Look at Joe Burrow. He developed for three years. Now some of that was Tim Beck. Some of that was Ryan Day as a quarterback coach. Like that's the we'll develop you for the NFL best, and they'll point to Dwayne Haskins, get it being a first round pick, and they'll obviously uh, point to Justin Fields. Uh, it will be interesting to see how much of that pitch is bought by the young men who are there to develop. Yeah, like I would
3: try trust Ryan Day in a situation like this because a as as Pete said, he's got other guys like he. You know, he can put Quinn Ewers in the in case of emergency break glass category. Like if we're terrible and all these other guys aren't performing or somebody gets hurt and we need to try something, we'll throw him in there in October or whatever. But I don't I I would think he would not necessarily rush him into a situation he's not prepared for. But also to Dan's point is. If this guy has been the guy his whole life, and all of a sudden things start going wrong, whether it's even just in practice, you're fourth string, and you're not accustomed to being fourth
2: string, and you start losing confidence at that position, that can be difficult. From the Ohio State standpoint, the the family made it very clear to me, like, Ryan Day wasn't trying to pluck him from South Lake Carroll. Like, they they have a, a, a good quarterback cluster there. I think it's just generally in the family's belief for his development as a business decision, not like name image and likeness business decision but for developing as a quarterback he's better off getting there earlier and going through that uh going through that development but there was no intimation by anyone involved on the US side that oh right had no faith in the guys he has and they they're going to like bring him to rescue um the Buckeyes. That that notion never uh, never arose.
1: Spending a year as a red shirt is 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 a good idea. So if that's what it ends up essentially being, whether officially red shirts or not, uh, it's it's never never really a bad thing. All right, that's our pod. Please, uh our traffic is up uh, significantly. Obviously, we got a lot going on. We're rolling into the season. Continue to share us on social media. Positive reviews, please. Uh, if you can review us and uh, subscribe and all of that. Uh, things are just heating up. We have a lot of fun with it, even if it's uh, some tense times for some of you out there. We will, uh, we're gonna be back. Pat and I will be back
3: stateside. Yeah, the we're next really time excited. you hear from us, we'll all be on the same time zone and I won't be eating Japanese
1: rolls. And my lawn will be properly mowed.
2: <laughs> You're a few tired drink cart workers between uh, Japan and your homes in America. Sobriety <laughs> train
1: ends. <laughs> Last stop. Delta flight, whatever.
2: Talk to you all later.